Hi everyone, welcome back to this exploring conversation between Greg and MD. Great to see you all here today. So we thought we would talk about intrapersonal communication, specifically four powerful tools that you can use to improve your intrapersonal communication. Great. Yeah, and uh, just in case we didn't hear that correctly, it is intra, not interpersonal, right? So right. maybe we start with just a quick overview of the difference between the two. Right, so you can think of interpersonal communication as the communication between two or more people. So when Greg and I are having this conversation, that is interpersonal communication. When you have a meeting with people, interpersonal communication. When you're talking on the phone to someone, over Zoom, over Skype, whatever, you are having interpersonal social interaction, right? So intrapersonal communication is the dialogue that we have with ourselves. You can think of it as self-talk, you can think of it as your inner monologue, you can think of it as a voiceover to the film that is your life. Um, basically, what's going on internally. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic overview. And the way I remember it is inter, you can think of international, right? Different countries. So you go in from one country to the other country, those are different people. Uh, whereas intra is inside, so it's the opposite. Um, so that might just be a helpful mnemonic for uh, remembering which is which. I really like that. That's a good, helpful mnemonic. So, all right. So the first tool is journaling. And a lot of people really like journaling for several reasons. It's a time for you where you're just with your thoughts. There are different types of journaling you can do. There's the morning pages where as soon as you get up in the morning, maybe you get your coffee or your lemon water or something like that and you face a blank page, um, typically handwritten because the thoughts translate into your the physical like pen and you put them <laughs> on paper, right? It's a very sort of, I don't know, I think it's like a, Almost like a spiritual practice. Yeah, I feel like it's when you're writing, first of all, I'm a terrible handwriter. Um, and I actually do it so infrequently these days that my fingers cramp up yeah. when I do it. But um, it is uh, somehow a more um, pure experience, yeah. right? It's more meditative because yeah. you're, you're doing the physical action. When you're typing, there's some kind of disassociation between um, your thoughts in your head, uh, clacking of the keyboard, and then the, there's this bright screen with other distractions on there. Whereas with pen and paper, it's just you, the pen and the paper, and you can sort of feel the texture yeah. of the surface. Of, and it's just, I, I find it to be um, a much more intimate experience. Definitely, yeah. So I really like journaling and uh, with my, you know, like bullet journaling, or if I do like a morning pages thing, or um, like a brain dump at any time of day if you have something you really want to get out and maybe there might not be anyone to talk to at the time or you just want to kind of internally negotiate those feelings and sentiments, that's a great way to experience this intrapersonal communication and introspection. Yeah, it's, it's very powerful for unloading the clutter in your mind. Yeah. Oftentimes there's so much in there we, we don't really know where to put it all and the best place to put it is on a piece of paper. Right. Um, and I was thinking about a nice digital uh, 
uh, um, analog of, <laughs> of yeah. paper is an iPad. Yeah. Right? Or any kind of tablet. Tablet. And you mm -hmm. can get these cool covers on top that you layer on. It's like, it looks like a screen protector, but it's got a little bit of texture on there. So when you write with a stylus on it. Some friction. Yeah, it feels a yeah. bit of friction. It feels like you're writing on a piece of paper. So if you're very uh, sort of committed to digital like I am, that's a great solution. And what's cool about that too is that it never gets lost, right? Even if the actual device gets lost or damaged or whatever, broken, um, you still have provided that you've backed up your pages and your, you know, whatever you write out or draw out mm -hmm. um, is saved. So that's yeah. pretty cool as opposed to, you know, when paper is damaged, it's damaged. If it's lost, it's lost and, you know, just evaporates. But that's really cool. And not only writing, but also um, doing like prompts, right? So like mm. uh, drawing prompts. So you don't have to just write them out, but also maybe if you're more um, attuned to art and doodling, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, then you don't have to feel like you need to just write in words, but you can also express in drawing. Absolutely, yeah. There are more than there's more than one way to express your thoughts, and words is just one of those ways. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty cool. The next one is dreaming. Believe it or not, our dreams have a lot to say. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I forget when the first thing I used to be better about it, remembering my dreams, like the dream recall in the morning, like I'll have like a glimpse of it and then I totally forget. And I'm and then Greg asked me, so what did you what was your dream? Did you have a dream? And I'm like, I don't remember. And it's very frustrating. Yeah, I, I love dreams and I love recalling them. Um, and believe it or not, it is a trainable skill, right? You can teach yourself to get better at remembering what you dreamt about. Yeah. Um, but another important part of dreaming is, and you'll hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, I actually don't really dream these days. I, don't, I haven't dreamed in a while. I don't remember my dreams. Part of that could be because you haven't trained your recall. Mm -hmm. But the other part of it is um, you need to be in a REM state to have these dreams that you can remember. Right. Um, and so in order to get in the uh, sufficient amount of REM sleep, right, rapid eye movement sleep, you need to make sure that you're practicing good sleep hygiene. Um, and that's you know too far of a tangent for, for this conversation. Um, but just know that if you don't feel like you're dreaming or you can't remember your dreams, um, one, you can po potentially train that skill. Um, but the second is uh, do some research online. Matthew Walker is a great resource for how to get uh, good sleep hygiene. And that you'll find will improve uh, the clarity um, and potence of your dreams. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely something to explore because dreams tell us so much and they can reflect certain worries or something that you're anticipating or excitement or anything. And then you can try to make sense of it when you go back to the journaling um, aspect of, well, the journaling, use a journaling tool <laughs> and help you make sense of that. The other part of the dreaming is also the daydreaming, right? When we get sort of lost in thought or uh, you know, let our imagination carry us to a nice faraway land, uh, <laughs> right? You kind of get into that flow state of daydreaming. And I think it's a fun state to be in, right? Um, it is meditative. It is, it's, I don't know that it's mindful, right? Because you're not paying attention to what's happening right now in that present moment, but you're letting your thoughts take you somewhere. But I think it's still rejuvenating and you can think about, right, what comes to mind, like what, the, it's your self-conscious um, subconscious talking to you. 
Yeah, I, I think it's almost the opposite of mindfulness, yeah. <laughs> but that's not a bad thing, right? There are multiple disciplines that, that can achieve the same goal. And daydreaming is yeah. a wonderful way to give your, your mind a break, to let it explore new corners that you haven't really explored. So yeah. absolutely, it can be very powerful. Yeah, even things like memory recall or thinking of something, um, experiencing just memories uh, from the past, right? Those are ways of, of introspecting as well, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. The next one we have is self-talk. So you can think of self-talk as uh, basically talking to yourself, right? That inner monologue that we have, or even, you know, dialogue if you feel like your voice is talking back to you, right? Um, and you can think of it as a pep talk when you you know, get excited about something and you want to encourage yourself. Maybe you look in the mirror and you say, I got this. Come on. Like, let's keep it up. Um, it's also if you have affirmations that you read aloud or even just to yourself silently, right? So really thinking about that, uh, the dialogue that you're having, you versus you, you're talking back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's actually remarkable once you start paying attention to it, how much you do talk to yourself. Yeah. And um, I firmly believe that it's a sign of good mental health, despite what you might think, right? Uh, you, when you think of uh, you, you talking to yourself, you think of a loony person, right? But in truth, that inner dialogue can be um, a very effective way to motivate yourself, yeah. um, to um, sort of push yourself to think more critically about what it is you're doing, right? Uh, and I think it's very important when you have that dialogue to make sure that you're doing it respectfully, right? It's, it's of course, when you're interacting with other people, you're thinking about being polite and respectful. Mm -hmm. You need to remember to, to adopt those same courtesies with yourself, right? It's very easy to fall into negative or aggressive or highly critical self-talk. Right, very demeaning. Very demeaning, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, when the truth is you should pay your own self the same respect uh, that you would anyone else. Um, because when you do that, the talk, instead of becoming um, discouraging, it can become very encouraging yeah. and motivating. Um, and so that's just something to remember. If you catch yourself uh, in, in a bout of self-talk, but it's negative self-talk, there's a, it's a good reminder to, you know, pause that and say, okay, I, you know, clearly I want to have a dialogue with myself. That's fine. Let's see if we can make it a positive dialogue. Uh, and a constructive dialogue rather than one that puts me down. Right. And it's not like if you're, you know, in the middle of maybe making a change and you notice that maybe your progress is halted or um, suddenly a little bit interrupted or something, you feel like you veered off track. You don't have to speak negatively to yourself about it. Think of it as it's progress and you're taking steps towards, you know, making that change for the better right? There's no need to pick yourself apart and, you know, get really uh, aggressive towards yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's good. And the final one is visualization. So you can think of visualization in a few different ways. Meditation can be a form of visualization, especially when you have certain prompts of visualizing certain goals that you want to realize or prepping mentally for an upcoming interview that you're super pumped about or letting your mind sort of take you down a fun uh, thought pattern, right? Anything where you're looking forward to something or you want something to manifest. And then you can also think of visualization as 
some some people really like making vision boards and that could be like collages that you do mm. analog, right? You cut up pieces of um, magazines or uh, anything like tangible, like print, or you maybe you draw something and you make a whole board to represent goals and dreams. And this is typically done at the start of the year, but you can really do it anytime. You can also do it digitally mm-hmm. where you do the same thing. You come through, you come across images and you place these images and words that are empowering and that speak to you onto a digital platform. And then you can see that as a constant reminder. Yeah, I, I really like visualization in particular uh, when I try and I try to imagine what success looks like. Yeah. Right. I use it to set my objectives, my goalposts. Um, and so I essentially try and I ask myself, what would success in this look like? Right. Mm. And I envision it. And I don't just write it out. I, I actually think of what I'm doing in that position where I've succeeded. Right. What am I doing? What is my what do my facial features look like? What do I feel like? Um, and so I really try and visualize it with as many senses as possible. Yeah. Um, and that just helps uh, make whatever I'm you know, working toward seem more achievable and more approachable. I love it. And it's not very easy to do. It might take a couple of you know, run-throughs, uh, again, using your, your focus there. And maybe you use all of these tools in synchrony. I think that's a fun way to sort of Uh, explore the intrapersonal communication that's happening. And it's something to practice, right? Because if we don't pay attention to it, it will atrophy. We won't be able to know how to have a dialogue with ourselves. And where this really comes in handy is when you're faced with a big life decision or you're thinking about trying a new, um, trying out a new industry or going for a different job or really pushing the limits of what you think you're capable of. And it's, you know, it's an important thing to be able to know how to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. I think these strategies can be very synergistic, right? We were talking about visualizing. You can visualize something and then put that into words. What does it look like? And so, and have a a written reminder of what that visualization was. Um, The, you know, you can, you can combine um, the, the, the dream state with, with other forms of visualization as well. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of uh, synergies between these, these strategies and each in their own uh, right is very powerful. Um, and like you said, I think it's important to um, really focus deliberately on, on uh, developing these skills because uh, they can go a very long way toward uh, not only building your, your own confidence and ability to succeed, but also improving uh, your Uh, interactions with other people because it establishes this firm uh, foundation that allows you to project confidence and to interact with people uh, in a very proactive um, and um, yeah I I would say a very proactive and uh, like dynamic way yeah well um, it's just you're coming from a a point of area of confidence yeah and I think what I really like that because it helps you get to know yourself better right and if you know yourself better you know what types of people you want in your life as well right so uh, you know it's really a powerful tool to have and just practice these strategies try out these different tools add them to your communication toolkit and just watch magic happen really (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah 
All right, so we'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Happy exploring.